we've been missing you. Do you want to find the witch friends you've been missing? Do you want to participate in these conversations live? And do you want to support the work of recovering a true history of feminist ideas about magic? Do you want to hang out? Do you want an invite to Zoom together with Amy and myself every new moon along with our hilarious, diverse, wise, queer, creative, anti-racist, science, and awe-loving coven? You must join the Missing Witches Patreon. It's pay what you can and we can't wait to meet you there. Patreon.com slash Missing Witches. You aren't being a proper woman, therefore you must be a witch. You must be a witch. Yay! So good to see you. How are you? I'm really well. I'm 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 emotionally well. My whole family has a cold, so I'm I'm gonna try to like <laughs> I'm gonna try to sneeze on mute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you all get better soon, and thank goodness it isn't something. You know, that's way worse. Yeah, we're doing okay. We're doing all right. How are you? I'm not too bad. Um, yeah, there's just a lot going on, and. Um, yeah, there's so many things going on. Like this, this Saturn return is really working me. <laughs> um, in, in, in a good way, it's things, it's things that I enjoy. So I'm just kind of pushing myself to go really out of my comfort zone, but it's good. Yeah. Well, I want to hear more about that. I'm going to do a, a, an official, um, like kind of open the container officially for this. Does that sound good? Hi, folks. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for being here. Take a deep breath. Nifa's got her candles lit. She was messaging me right before. (laughs) I hope you feel a candle lit in your heart. Welcome to the Missing Witches podcast. Welcome, deep breaths. Welcome, heavy sighs. Welcome, first signs of spring. Welcome, the heartache of a world at war. Welcome to the 25 red poles, these tiny birds who have found my feeder in the last two days who are giving me a little bit of insight into lightness. Welcome to our coven. Welcome to our brilliant guest. Welcome back to the Missing Witches podcast, folks. We love you. Let's talk today about patterns in the world. We have one of our dear friends of the podcast back. It's actually the first time that she and I get to sit down together. Amy got to do all our previous interviews. (laughs) So we're sitting down together for the first time. Monifa Walker, thanks for being here. How are you? Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm actually doing okay. There's Oh, so many changes since I last spoke to Amy and was on the podcast and, you know, internally, externally. Um, Do you want to start with a new intro then? Why don't you introduce yourself afresh? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, so hello, um, Coven members. Hello, anyone who's listening. So I'm Anifa Walker. I live in London and I'm an astrologer and a coach and um, a classical pianist and a composer but I'm also now a student at university studying 
um, a BA honours in French and Spanish because I want to go into translation as well. And it's one of those really weird things where I've been trying to like decolonize my mind and reconnect with lost parts of my, my heritage and my ancestry and learning languages, particularly French and Spanish, has been a way for me to do that. And it's really interesting because it really is connected to my Saturn return which is in the eighth house in Aquarius. And it's opposite all my five planets in Leo, <laughs> including my sun and moon. And it's really interesting because um, my Leo planets are in my second house. And I know for those that are, you know, into astrology, well, I don't want to say into astrology because astrology is a language. So those that understand the language of astrology will recognize the second house as a money house, a resource house. And that is true. But if we go a bit deeper into the second house, the second house is also about ancestry. It's also about what we inherit from people before us. Um, so the fact that Leo is in my second house means that ancestors before me had quite a, a, a regality to them. Some of them may have even been royal. And a lot of that was lost. Um, a lot of the knowledge was lost. A lot of the language is lost. And it's very synchronous that my Saturn return, I'm trying to now rediscover these things again. So it's almost like I'm kind of, trying to heal that disconnect between my ancestors and myself. And it's really, really interesting, um, especially because Jupiter's in my third house in Virgo and third house is the house of communication and ideas and learning and Jupiter's high learning, spirituality. So I've got a lot of ideas going on in my head. And of course as well, because I have a neurodivergent mind, this is why I would I do several things, you know, I'm not just an astrologer or just a musician. I have to, I had to branch out into various things that I enjoy so I don't get bored. <laughs> and also I can kind of engage in different areas in life, which means I can connect with different people as well. That's really, really important to me. I mean, yeah, I get all of that. Can you talk a bit, one, one piece you said I was so curious about that, French and Spanish were the languages that you chose for that for that reconnection. Can you talk about why those languages are that bridge for that relationship? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So um, most of my family are from Jamaica and Scotland, mainly Jamaica, and there's also a lot of Jews in my family as well, Sephardic Jews. When they were alive, they would have spoken French and Spanish and Ladino and maybe a tiny little bit of Hebrew and then when they had to leave Spain due to the Spanish Inquisition and some went to the Caribbean um, for those that don't know the history of the Caribbean it was colonized by the French by the Spanish and by the British as well so this is why the Caribbean islands will have a Creole language which is like a mixture of either French or Spanish or English so it allows me to tap into various parts of my ancestry rather than just one route it's like oh I can tap into my Jewish side I can tap into my Caribbean side I can tap into my Scottish side and it's really really wild um, and interesting and really divine as well and I don't know if other people have experienced this but I've noticed that when you start speaking other languages other than your mother tongue especially if it's English um, you get more comfortable at expressing different dialects like I've noticed that I'm more comfortable like speaking more Jamaican patois, or what's also known as Creole. And just the way that I kind of carry myself is very different now. 
And I feel that it's definitely uh, a fact of the decolonization that I'm going through on a very internal and cellular level where I'm like, well, I don't have to assimilate to the point where I lose my identity and I'm trying to be something that I'm not. I can be confident in not assimilating that much while still integrating with the environment around me. And it's a very, very delicate balance to navigate. Um, and I also feel like it's a gift as well that I have been given the opportunity to, like I said, heal that disconnect and navigate this path and really, really kind of like reap all the gifts from my ancestors. I know a lot of us talk about, you know, generational traumas and things like that, but our ancestors didn't just give us traumas. They gave us a lot of gifts, you know, when we're alive today, we were in their dreams once upon a time. They had dreams that one day someone in their family would be able to do the things that we do now, if it's um, casting magic or being spiritual, going to the arts, being able to walk down the road and just be free and not have to worry about being restricted. And yes, of course, I know there are restrictions, but nothing compared to what our ancestors went through. Absolutely nothing. And that is a gift. And that, you know, that allows me to appreciate it a lot more. And with my Saturn return as well, um, Saturn brings so much wisdom. And when it's in the eighth house of death and rebirth and alchemy and in the Aquarius, which is like a, a higher octave of intelligence, it's just really wild because I was expected to go into it thinking, oh, a lot of things in my mind will be restricted and I'll be full of all this fear. And the actual opposite has happened. And what I actually understand that it is actually my Saturn placement is there to temper the power that's inside me because it squares my Pluto and Scorpio right and um, now I understand that if Saturn wasn't there um, I don't know I probably wouldn't have a lot of self-control in regards to <laughs> how my power is wielded and how I use it but because I'm getting older this square between Saturn and Pluto is not as not as inhibiting as it used to be but now I'm understanding that Saturn is kind of like tempering that power within me. It's like, okay, take the time. We don't have to rush it all. The words of Ben Parker from Spider-Man comes to my mind. With great power comes great responsibility. And I feel like that's what Saturn is reminding me. It's like, ah, 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 now, now, now. Have you checked that? Have you double checked that? Are you sure? <laughs> and plus it, you know, it opposes my Mercury and my Sun and my Venus in Leo. So, you know, even when I'm going about doing things and expressing myself, there's always like a, a little voice in the back of my mind like mm, just double check just in case that we don't make any mistakes so we don't make any boo-boos you know <laughs> I do I do I know what you mean yeah like working with Saturn can seem really scary but there is an element to it that's just really like get your get your ducks in a row like get your shit straight absolutely and it really allows you to understand why it's important to have a certain structure in your life and that's the thing you know you don't want it to be too restrictive where you just exist within that box but you don't want to be in constant free fall all the time as well and, and when Saturn's in an air sun like Aquarius um, it's really fortunate because first of all Saturn co-rules Aquarius but Aquarius is an air sign so I don't feel I have that earth-like restriction that, it, that I would have if it was in Capricorn say for instance um, it kind of allows me to just kind of like dip in and out and Aquarius rules like technology and the internet. And I've noticed that I do tend to do that. I kind of, I tend to dip in and out on social media, on the internet. And then when I do come back, it's like, I've got some new wisdom to share with you all. This is the, this is the, the deal. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that following you on social media lately, that it feels like there was like 
a change where you were like, this is, this is a boundary I'm going to put. I'm not going to be here unavailable for you all the fucking time. I'm going to come back when mm -hmm. I have something to say, and then I'm going to shut this down and I'm not going to be porous in this space, which I think is a good, I don't know, a good example for a lot of us, how we can manage our social media, the way it can be such a, such a painful suck. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And, and it's funny enough, you're not the first person to say that to me recently as well. Um, and yeah, and it goes back to, you know, something that has been discussed multiple times on your podcast and in your carbon space about that duality, you know, and of course, a lot of people be like, technology and social media is really bad. Or people go, no, no, it's really good. And it's like, actually, it's what we make it um, because we're our own sovereign beings. It's really what we make it. It can do a lot of really amazing things. You know, it can help find missing people. It can help reconnect lost loved ones. It can help you talk to someone that's 50,000 miles away in the Southern Hemisphere to check that they're okay and they're safe. But at the same time, you know, to err is to be human. And we always have to be mindful of that as well when we do engage with these technologies. But um, yeah, I mean, going back to the, the Saturn aspects, Saturn is very, very present in, in the, on, you know, on a global scale. I mean, like the UK, for instance, its sun sign is ruled by Capricorn. America just had its Pluto return in Capricorn. And, and actually, both, both of the countries are interconnected. And I discussed this um, on my Patreon the other day. Um, going back a little bit to mythology. So there, there was this old wives' tale that if any of the ravens left the Tower of London, that would kind of spell the beginning of the end of the current um, empire as we know it. And what was interesting is that last year, one of the ravens did leave the Tower and people started getting into a panic because they were like, what, 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 what does this mean then? And not long after that happened, you know, you know, Harry and Meghan, they left the UK to go to the US and the UK tabloids are talking about Operation London Bridge, which is basically something that falls into place whenever the Queen dies. Um, and lots of other things. And also, you know, the UK is very much connected to the US. The capitalist structure in the US was built by people in the UK through that migration, through the transatlantic slave trade. Um, so, you know, whatever happens here happens in America and vice versa. So the, the, the Pluto return in America, I, mean, I don't want to go into it too much because a lot of people have already, but because it's in Capricorn, which is about um, capitalism, institutions, money, um, and because you've got Neptune and Pisces, if you look at it on a financial level, it actually indicates that the, 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 the dollar currency won't be the primary currency anymore. That is going to shift again. Um, the dollar will lose some value. I know we're all focusing on the ruble at the moment, but the dollar is also something we should look at. It's not going to be the, the, the primary currency driver. And it's interesting because Neptune rules currency and it's currently in Pisces with Jupiter and Jupiter is also connected to money. Um, and when you think about the military, the military influences the value of the currency of the country. So obviously after World War II, the, the, the value of the American dollar went right sky high up because of that you know, increased military influence. But the military is ruled by Virgo, which is opposite in Pisces. So again, this is showing that there's gonna be a, a push and pull between you know, who's going to be able to take that, that position that America's had for so long in terms of being a primary power in terms of um, currency value. And I want to discuss a few things as well, which is really interesting related to this. So if we look at, hold on a minute. Okay, yeah. 
So if we look at Russia, for instance, and I just want to say as a disclaimer, when I discuss astrology about things happening in the world, I'm not one of those people that's using it as a substitute to kind of wish wash the realities of what's happening. I I use it to connect the patterns, the patterns that a lot of people may not realize or may not recognize. So what's really interesting with Russia's birth chart is that Saturn is covering Aquarius, but then natal Neptune is also in Aquarius. And I said that Neptune is connected to currency and Saturn is there. And we're already seeing right now, Connie, there's a massive, massive squeeze on their currency value right now. It's shrinking and shrinking, getting smaller and smaller. It won't be like that forever, but this year, yeah, the ruble won't really be, be worth much. And if we look at the um ascendant ascendant of russia is scorpio where the south node currently is and scorpio is connected to um like minerals and commodities like oil and wherever the south node is it actually restricts that that position in such a way that the opposite house will then go up increase in price so because opposite sign of scorpio is taurus and the North Node is in Taurus, this is why we're seeing a lot of increase in prices in gas and oil and food. Um, even things we enjoy, like the arts, like, you know, to go to a concert now or, or, or you know, to a show, it's really expensive. But that's because the arts have suffered for quite a while as well. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to kind of understand that, you know, as above, so below, right? As within, so without. So whenever I'm looking at these things, it's like, huh. Okay, that's 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 really interesting. So back to the money aspect <clears throat> in terms of the currency. What's also interesting is that Ukraine sun sign is in Virgo. And I already mentioned Virgo is about the military and it's opposing Pisces. So this is this is part of the reason why, well, not the war aspect, but the financial aspect. That's why there's a strain on Ukraine as well. But I do have some countries that we should all be looking out for in terms of who's going to take over. The, the American dollar currency. So if we look at the countries that are ruled by the tourist sun sign, which is a sign of money or what a North Node is. Um, so some of the countries that are ruled by tourists are um, Cyprus, the Greek islands, um, Cuba, <clears throat> South Africa, Yemen, and Serbia. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, overnight, hey, these countries, are, you know, their currency value is going to you know, grow overnight exponentially, but they are going to be more prevalent in certain discussions that will be had about the stock um, market and trading and finance because North Node is that. But if we look at Virgo and look at the countries who are ruled by Virgo, as I mentioned, Ukraine um, has a Virgo sun sign, but also Brazil, Switzerland, um, the Caribbean, Azerbaijan, Belarus, Estonia, Moldova, Qatar. So again, these are all countries, the countries that I mentioned that have a sun sign in Virgo and Taurus, we really need to look out for because Pluto is still in Capricorn, Taurus and Virgo are the other two earth signs. So there's an interesting trine that will be happening with these countries where there will be a shift of power, there'll be a transformation of power, There'll be a lot of shifting of structures, institutions and ideas, and it will create some instability. Now, the instability can come out in a multitude of different ways. Um, so, yeah. So anyone who's listening, just look out for those countries in the next year or two and see what happens there. That's so interesting. I mean, I think that jives with some of what we've been hearing about how the 
sanctions on Russia are going to force a lot of countries to turn to other places for grain mm-hmm. as well as oil. So there's exactly. And I think that's where we're going to be looking at countries in the southern hemisphere, but more like um, parts of South America, like South Africa, for instance, because um, mm. Russia isn't the only place that has oil. But also the other big thing that's coming up is April the 12th. Now, I'm really excited to talk about this because this synchronicities mm. with this conjunction is wild. So uh, April 12th, we have the Neptune and Jupiter conjunction in Pisces. Now, Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac. It's also the higher octave of um, Venus. So whatever love we experience in Libra and Taurus, it's amplified tenfold in Pisces. And what's also really amazing is that both Jupiter and Neptune rule Pisces together. So they're at home, they're really comfortable, they're really cozy, they want to get stuff done. And there's lots of things that are going to be happening. So I mentioned them briefly, I think in the last time I spoke to Amy, but um, both Jupiter and Neptune, you know, Jupiter on, on its own rules things like law, finance, education, philosophy, religion, science, you know, ideas at a much higher level. And then Neptune is about, you know, the the astral plane where we create everything. Everything is created in the astral plane first. It's also about dissolving those boundaries, you know, that water aspect where you don't have that Saturnian structure. You can just kind of go in and out, in and out. So when they're together on April the 12th, that's going to bring some big ideas. Now, Also, Pisces can also lead to deception and delusion as well. Because I know you see those articles flying about like, you know, which sun sign are the most serial killers? And I never never bother that because it's never about the sun sign when you're looking at serial killers. It's always about the ascendant. And if you look at the ascendant, um, the majority of serial killers have an ascendant in (laughs) Capricorn and Pisces. (laughs) So with Pisces, you always have to be mindful that yeah, the water can be really warm and you can swim in it and you can dream in it, but be mindful of what those dreams are. Are they illusions or are they things you can turn into reality? So lots of things are going to happen with this conjunction. Neptune also was the entertainment industry, so we're going to see a massive, massive renaissance in the arts. Um, it will be expensive at the beginning, but there's going to be so much available for everyone at all ages, at all levels. Just a real expansion and a lot of artists coming through I mean some of them are already coming through and it's really exciting and really great to see especially with some of them are my friends as well um but in terms of the community there's a real opportunity to um yeah essentially hit the reset button and start with love again and I know that sounds very hippie but it's true because Pisces is the last sign in the zodiac it's the 12th house and with the 12th house it's always about shedding and letting go and feeling that space of love so you can then be ready to go into the first house of Aries and allow everyone to see who your sense of self is. So on a, a macro level, on a global level, it's like, okay, we all, we've all seen how ugly we can really be. <laughs> we know how potentially ugly we can be to ourselves, to each other, to the world. So now that recognition, what's really stopping us from resetting something of sorts and starting again? There isn't really a lot stopping us apart from you know, obvious, obvious things, you know, like, you know, finances and, and war. But what I mean is that even with those things in place, there will still be solutions. It won't just be 
you know, let's give up. It's hopeless. No, there's always going to be hope. There's always going to be a chance, but we have to really take that chance. And I wrote some really cool things down because the, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction only happens every 13 years. Um, the next time it will happen in Pisces it won't be until 2188. So unless we you know, decided to become immortal, like an altered carbon. None of us will be here for that conjunction again. Um, but the last time it happened in Pisces was 1856. And it's a wild year. I'm just going to go through some of the things that happened that year. It was a wild, wild year. So um, 1856 is also leap year. Um, and when people, um, when things happen in leap year, it, it again, it expands, amplifies because a lot of talents and traits are kind of elevated um, because, you know, the planets and, and, you know, their cycles don't necessarily adhere to the Gregorian calendar. So in 1856, for example, on January 23rd, a, a ship called SS Pacific left Liverpool going to America. There was 186 people on board and it disappeared. It, no, it never docked in America. No one knows what happened to it. And it's interesting because Pisces, it, you know, is water, Neptune's water, Jupiter's travel. And then if we look at January 29th of that year, Queen Victoria of England um, introduced the Victoria Cross, which is, um, uh, it's like one of the highest military badges you can receive for your services. A lot of men in the World War, World War One, World War Two, received them. Um, for their sacrifices and, you know, their gallantry and what they did and their services. There was a lot of wars that year as well, but, but, but it's not all doomed There's a lot of wars, but there was a lot of agreements and peace treaties as well. So um, February the 1st of that year, there was, um, oh, I think it was somewhere in America, there was an introduction of university. I can't remember the name of that because I didn't write it down. <laughs> but um February the 2nd, Dallas officially became a city in Texas in 1856. February 2nd, Dallas officially became a city. In March, a man called William Henry Perkins introduced the first synthetic dye purely by accident. He was actually trying to synthesize quinine. And while he was doing that, he came across this synthetic dye that, that was used later on in various things, especially textiles. That same month was also um, the war between the Nepalese and the Tibetan people. But at the end of March was the end of the Crimean War. So this is what I mean. There's a lot of there's a lot of chaos happening that year, but there was a lot of agreements and people again going to a place of love and going, okay, well, it's gotten ugly. It could it get any uglier? Let's just, you know, shake hands and go our separate ways. April 16th, the um, the Maritime Law of Paris. Um, basically declared a regulation um, so that traders in, you know, in the seas and in, in the ocean could get a fairer deal. Because before then, um, a lot of people were getting ripped off. Either the trader or, or the tradee were getting ripped off. Um, May 24th, the Potter Potteratawi massacre, which was um, an abolitionist rebellion, um, against some pro-slavers. And again, that's coming from a very high place of love. Like, hey, like, why, why are we enslaving people? Why are we not doing anything about it? Let's, let's F shit up, you know? <laughs> um, and then July 31st of that year, Christchurch officially became the city of New Zealand. October the 8th was the second Opium War, which is really interesting because Pisces, Jupiter, Neptune, all substances, normal drugs. And I actually mentioned to Amy that I reckon that 
there is going to be an increased drug use this year, but more importantly, I think some new drugs will be introduced into the community, very psychedelic drugs, because I think some people are so desperate to check out of reality right now and be in a space where they can just dream and, and love. So I definitely think that's definitely its way. Um, whether they'll be considered legal highs or, or pharmaceuticals, I don't know, but that's definitely on its way as well. But yeah, October the 8th, 1856 was the second open war that broke out. Um, and it was it's really, really bad as well. Thousands, if not millions of people got caught up in that. Um, November the 1st, there was a Anglo-Persian war. And in December the 2nd, the National Portrait Gallery in London was established. And again, Pisces is about creativity, art. So there's a massive, massive need after the end of the Crimean War. To be like, OK, how are we going to reinvest that energy and those ideas into something that isn't going to kill people? And art is a great way to do that. Now, this is where it gets really cool. We look into who was born in the year of 1856. Oh, my gosh. So... January 11th, 1856, we had Christian Sinding, which is a Norwegian, he was a Norwegian composer, um, very well renowned, um, not just in his country, but in the whole classical community, even to this day. February 21st, um, a man called Gottlieb, he was born in Austria, Poland, which is actually now Western Ukraine. Um, and he was an artist and he was a poet and he was very much considered a pioneer of his time. Um, April 5th, we had the birth of Booker T. Washington. Again, another pioneering mind really understood that an enslaved person doesn't have to mean an enslaved mind, you know, and he still uses quotes to this day. Um, May the 6th, Sigmund Freud. <laughs> Sigmund Freud is born May the 6th of that year with this conjunction. And again, you know, this conjunction, it, there's no limits, there's no boundary because it's dissolving boundaries. So when you think of Jupiter, which is about higher learning, higher ideas, philosophy, it would make sense that someone like Freud would be born in that year. Another visionary that was born that year, July the 10th, Nikola Tesla. Again, someone else that had a mind with no boundaries, no limits, and again was a pioneer. Underappreciated, might I add, as well, because I wasn't taught about him in school and it really annoyed me. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, we, we still use his technology to this day. Um, part of the reason why we have certain technologies like smartphones, I mean, he's not the only reason why we have smartphones, but he is one of the reasons why we have technologies like smartphones. Also, um, Hedy Lamar and Alan Turing, thank you so much for the smartphone technology. But yes, July 26th. George Barnard Shaw, he was an Irish writer, a playwright. Yeah. I was just going to say Nikola Tesla, I, I think, also was imprisoned and tortured by the Russians for mm -hmm. like a decade. Like, I think he was caught up in this sort of spy stuff back and forth between the West and Russia and Russia didn't want to let him or his knowledge go. It's just an interesting connection to where we're circled oh, back absolutely. to in a relationship with Russia again. I did want to ask you more about Russia. I want, I'm fascinated by this relationship that you're seeing, this pattern that you're seeing. So I, I don't want to derail you, but I do want to plant a seed if you'll come back to it for us to talk about. I've heard people talking about um, Putin making certain decisions 
um, dates that he's invading on and it being really clear that there's uh, a numerology to decisions that he's making. And yeah, people sort of talking about how, how it's obvious that he is looking at astrology. Do you, has, is that something that you've noticed? Is that something that is a concern for you? How do we interact with that? I have noticed it, um, but um, I have to say that his ego is blinding him from some of the facts. I mean, if, if we, if I quickly bring up the chart again. Okay, so Jupiter's going to go into Aries round about the summertime. The date, specific date, unfortunately, has now eluded me. Um, <laughs> but it will be going into Aries for a short while in the summertime. Now, what's interesting is that Russia has its Pluto in Aries and its Pluto squares um, America's Pluto and Capricorn and also it will be opposing Russia's mid-heaven at this time in Libra so what I think is very likely to happen is that um, one way or another I mean yeah I don't I don't, don't want to step on anyone's toes but basically certain steps will be made that will be overzealous and there will have to be a retreat of sorts now it could be a physical retreat it could be a financial retreat I, I it can go different ways because Pluto is money, it's wealth, but it's power. Aries is all about the self. And when you have Jupiter amplifying that, you can really be blinded by your need for others, by your need to connect because Aries is all about the self. We don't recognize someone else until we get into Gemini, um, which, by the way, Jupiter is in Gemini for Russia as well. So again, when the North Node was going through Gemini in the past year, you could kind of see that these things were bubbling up within him, within Russia, because the North Node was there. And he's thinking, you know, how can I seek out different ways to gain power, to gain knowledge, to gain ideas, because Gemini's ideas. So this is, you know, this is happening as we were speaking. Also, Gemini is that eighth house, which is again, which is about power, death, rebirth so he they, this is something that he planned overnight this is something that was definitely building up for a while and and now it's coming to a head however you know the north node is in taurus and that's that's to do with relationships with russia so if if they don't seek out relationships with others that they may not have sought out before in a way that is respectful that is harmonious um it's going to affect them especially financially um, but even spiritually as well, because, you know, when you have an ascendant like Scorpio, again, it's going back to being responsible of your power. And if you're not responsible of that power, that power can start turning in on itself. And I've seen this happen to, you know, Scorpio people in my life where if they don't do that introspection, if they don't check in with themselves, if they don't stop for a moment and go, hmm, why am I really doing this? Um, it can it can become an internal implosion. And if you're talking about a country, then the country can implode on it in itself. Now, how mm. that implosion could look, well, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to find people, but that could come about in a multitude of ways because Russia is a massive country, but it only became a massive country by invading so many other countries, by, you know, completely dominating them and, and, and killing people and, you know, grabbing that back. What I think that he has underestimated is that this time around is going to have a really serious effect on the everyday people, of course, but also, you know, Russia's influence in the world. Because if we look in terms of the arts, again, you know, there's so many Russian literary, literary writers, playwrights, composers, and these all have a knock-on effect as well, because 
Russia's sun sign is in Libra and it's at zero degrees. Um, um, no, not zero degrees, sorry, it's at 17 degrees, but it's in the 12th house, which is the hidden house. And the ascendant of the, the Libra ascendant, um, sorry, Libra is the ascendant ruler of the UK. And this is partly why this country really isn't, you know, being robust with its intentions, the way that it was that we saw with Afghanistan and Iraq and Iran and Libya. Like, you know, this country didn't think twice about jumping in there with troops, but because, you know, UK's ascendant is Libra and the sun sign of Russia is Libra in the 12th house, there's this hidden aspect of, um, we have a connection, we have a relationship that goes way back and you kind of owe us. Um, so, you know, if you get a bit too involved, that won't be good for you. So, yes, the UK has in, imposed financial sanctions on, on Russian oligarchs, but they're not really doing a lot more than that. And going back to what I was saying when Jupiter goes into Aries, this would be opposing Russia's midheaven, its Saturn and its sun, all in Libra, all in the 12th house. And the 12th house as well, going back to Pisces. Um, that you know, every sign has a darker manifestation. So the dark, one of the dark manifestations of Pisces, um, on one hand, is no inhibitions, no boundaries, which can lead to horrible things like like murder, death, but also it can be self sabotage. And it goes back to what I was saying about um, if you're not responsible, that Scorpio energy it can implode on itself. So yeah, by the summertime, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to say definitively, yeah, it's all going to be over, but. Um, mistakes will be made because the, the the sense of self will be so concentrated, so amplified that um, he will lose sight. Um, and anyone as well in that energy will lose sight of what it means to connect with other people, to have relationships with other people. And if you sabotage that, um, you know, if you really sabotage that, it's going to really backfire in a way that you don't expect where you could isolate yourself completely and you don't have a lot of power and you don't have a lot of resources um or if you do you have to go back them in very very sneaky ways but even then it also that already indicates that you haven't got that same grip on power anymore um and as i said you know saturn's going to be in aquarius until early 2023 and then Neptune's in Aquarius, so financially, the squeeze is going to get tighter and tighter and tighter, especially when Saturn goes retrograde and Jupiter will be in Aries by them. We'll be getting very tight, very tight, very tight. And it may be too late by then to reach out and ask for help. That doesn't mean that's going to necessarily stop what he wants to do. And actually, you know, if you think about what he said the other day about, you know, no one wins, that very much speaks to what I was saying about that, that sun and Libra top house energy, where it's like, hey, if I don't win, none of us win. You know, if I don't get the relationships that I want, none of us will get the relationships that we want. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go his way either. It doesn't mean it's going to go his way. And um, yeah, I'm keeping a watch on other countries, including the UK, as I said, they're sending his Libra and our sun sign is Capricorn and Pluto returning Capricorn happens in the US. So there is, there is, a, there is a, a, a triangle going on here. And I do think it is down to the fact that this empire that we're seeing is crumbling. And this empire has had a lot of heavy influence by this country, America and Russia. And, you know, we still have about... Uh, I think at least another three, four years till Pluto goes into Aquarius. But yeah, the structures as we know it within 10 years will be gone. Now, 
if better ones will be replaced, that's really up to us because Aquarius is about the people, community. Um, so that 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 is really up to us. And again, this is why astrology is always in synchronicity with us because the conjunction in Pisces is saying, hey, before we branch out into a new empire, into a new civilization, we need to introduce love at the base level because otherwise we're going to be rebuilding the same thing again. Um, but on a more darker level, because again, the dark manifestation of Aquarius is complete and utter mind control. And this is why I said that um, when Jupiter and Saturn were in Aquarius last year, I said that we had to watch about the resurgence of cults, um, because, um, you know, a lot of the cults that came about in the 60s, again, that was due to a lot of Aquarius energy happening at that time. And with Aquarius, sometimes because it's an air sign, if, if it's not tempered enough by Saturn again, um, it can really go off piste and it can really, really hurt people. And I do want to add, I don't want to, I don't want to be too dark, but <laughs> don't be too dark, but the Saturn-Neptune conjunction as well, um, we have to be careful that there there may potentially be like a mass, a mass um cult suicide. Like, you know, that the one that we had with, with Heaven's Gate in the 90s, that is a potential to look out for as well, because there's so much fear going on about, you know, is there going to be a nuclear explosion? Are we going to die? Da, 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 da. It can be really easy for certain cults and cult leaders to then, you know, convince people, well, hey, you know, we need to go and, and leave these bodies and, and go and do the work somewhere else in a different plane and, and come back and help our people. But we can't do that unless we die, right? I don't want to sound too macabre, but yeah, we need to be in the watch out for that as well because there's so much panic and fear about what could happen. Um, it's really easy for some people to be convinced. Yes, mass suicide with my cult must be the answer to um, solving the ills of, of humanity. So we do need to watch out for that as well. That makes me think of, you know, people having these really violent reactions to mask requirements or, um, you know, things that are really just sort of basic protection that this like putting putting our, ourselves and our vulnerable people at risk out of an idea, a distorted idea of freedom. I don't know, that sort of sounds related to what you're talking about. It does, absolutely. Um... And, and you're right on the money again, because Pisces is connected to um, our immune system, our immune health, and Jupiter is also connected to our health as well. Um, some people don't want any any kind of, I don't say restriction, but any kind of structure as to how they should navigate their health. And again, it can go both ways. It can be a case of where we have so many new ideas, new breakthroughs in terms of um, medicine and healthcare, that can definitely happen in the next year. But also a lot of people may care about their health even less and the health of others. And this is including sexually as well, by the way, um, especially we're talking about, there's gonna be like a, a resurgence of like drug use, you know, people with loose inhibitions, um, that, that could potentially lead to a, a massive rise in um, STDs. I don't, I'm not trying to sound gloomy, but you know, you know me, I have to keep it real. You know, I have to, I have to put the, the good and the bad all together at the same time. But yeah, you, you're absolutely spot on. That is something that I've noticed as well. Going back to what I said about um, the renaissance and the arts and creativity, it will also have a, a knock-on effect in spirituality and philosophy. So there's going to be more people taking interest in spiritual practices, in um, magic, in witchcraft, wanting to understand astrology more, especially with Saturn and Aquarius, which, and Aquarius rules astrology. 
um, people are going to be really seeking out a higher power of some sorts. Now, as I said, it, if you seek it in the wrong places, if when you're vulnerable, it could be a dangerous you know, death cult, but um, it doesn't have to be. It can be, you know, recommitting yourself to a certain philosophy or a practice or a religion. Um, but I also want to say as well, um, be mindful of how you express that if you do, especially those that are occult practitioners, because when Saturn goes into Pisces next year, um, I mean, we're already starting to see that on Instagram and TikTok, for example, that certain um, pages that dis discuss tarot and astrology are being restricted. That is going to kick up again a little next year. So I'm not saying everyone go offline and don't show what you're doing, but, you know, don't show everything. Be tempered with it. You know, keep certain things to yourself or to the people in your physical life, because when Saturn goes into Pisces, that will encourage um, some states institutions to be like, oh, you know, there's too many, too much of this magic stuff going around. You need to put restrictions on that, you know? Interesting. I think that's interesting for all of us because there's two pressures in there that you're talking about, right? It's like a really expansive pressure to share this grounding in love. There's an opportunity to really amplify a message of love, love beyond borders, of of you know in the face of all this darkness and and everything ugly that we've seen to use our knowledge of craft and our you know our knowledge of this really love based i think natural religion or spirituality or you know you can be an atheist which um but like to really use that and connect with that to people but then also yeah. to be really fucking careful like, you know, also, also be boundaried, also protect yourself. And that's a tricky balance. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And as you said, it is tricky. And, and I understand that, you know, I, I'm, I'm cancer rising. So <laughs> I really am governed by the lunar cycle as it were, but I just remembered something that I got told the other day by one of my astrology teachers, and it goes back to Russia, actually. Um, I can't remember the name of the comet, but in 2020, there was a comet that passed through the bear constellation. Now the bear is the spiritual overseer of Russia, right? right. But um, as it passed through the bear constellation, it also passed into the constellation of Gemini between Castor and Pollux. Now, for those that know the mythology, will be aware of the story about Castor and Pollux and the, the battle between them. And um, even when you look in the, the, the Torah, the Bible, um, other ancient texts, humans always saw comets as an omen for something in the future, as a warning of, oh, okay, something's going to happen. So even the sky in 2020 was telling us, mm, watch out for what's going to go on over there because brotherly nations, sibling nations could really be at each other's throats. And, and look where we are now in 2022 after the North and I left Gemini. Yeah, that's so interesting. And that's, I mean, many times this week, the bear has come up in different contexts, um, both, you know, because this, this is kind of a bear time. I mean, at least here we are in deep, deep winter, but there's these first signs of spring and this is when, you know, they come out and they're hungry and they're looking after their kids and we're all kind of shaking a little bit our, our fur. It's interesting about the bear. There's something there maybe about embodying the bear a little bit. What do you, what do you think when you look at the astrology for Ukraine. Like I, I have friends now 
you know, there are families in Mariupol that can't reach their grandmother, their aunts, their family. This is a this is a nation at war, and it and it's like one of many places that has been violated by fascism gone awry. But it's like it's a place currently under bombing and invasion. What do you do? You see, do you see anything in their stars that can give those those people strength or those allies strength? Yeah, definitely. And I kind of want to go back and back to 1856 a bit because it is actually connected in in a way because oh good um, <laughs> sorry for derailing yeah. that but I'm glad you found a way to no, bring no, it back no, no. <laughs> no you know what you didn't derail because actually the tangent you went off on reminds me of things I forgot to speak about so no you didn't derail me <laughs> yeah so as I said um we we had the the artist Scott Lee who's born in, in February 21st um which is now in considered Western Ukraine, but also later that year, we had Ukrainian poet Ivan Franco, who was the founder of the socialist movement in Ukraine. Now, this is really important because he was a translator, he was a philosopher, he was an ethnographer, but he really did put in the roots that began the socialist movement in Ukraine, where people realised that they can have their own sovereignty and their own identity. Identity. Now, going back into the present time, believe it or not, some of the, I mean, there's been, there's been quite a lot of births that have happened, you know, women in shelters giving birth. And believe it or not, one of those, or more than one of those children is going to be really important for the future of Ukraine um, in terms of, again, sowing seeds and, and laying roots and reminding people what it means to be um, a sovereign being. But, you know, for, for the people now, there is going to be a, a continuous restriction in terms of um, how far people can go, how far they can travel. People will have to find um, a new place for home. Um, however, however, the... The structures that I mentioned that are crumbling will benefit Ukraine as well, because part of the reason why Ukraine has been caught up in such a sticky mess is because of the capitalist structures that have been so deeply ingrained by here, UK, US and Russia. And when, like I said, when that financial shift happens, when the currency power shifts, this is going to really benefit Ukraine. And what we're actually going to see is that um, good things are coming. It's, 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 there's there's a there's a lot of bad things now but good things are coming and there's going to be a shift and that part of the world which i know for some reason people see as um primitive and third world well guess what it's going to be rising up from the ashes and whether russia wants to be a part of that well that's going to be down to its leader but in terms of ukraine bulgaria poland Slovakia, all of these countries hungary romania there's going to be a, an uprising because of what is happening now, an uprising in terms of, okay, now we're going to lead the people. We've had to come together as, as brothers and sisters, even after warring, like Castor and Pollux. But because we've done that, we now actually have more of a footing to help guide other people, to help guide other communities as an example of, you know, what the highest manifestation of Aquarius energy can do when you come together as a community and you bring all your smarts and all your ideas together to create something new. So to those that have people in Ukraine now, it's, it's really hard, it's really tough. And, I, and again, I don't use astrology just to, to wishy-wash and dilute the realities of what's happening. You, you will be able to talk to people again, that, that, will, that I do know. Um, unfortunately, 
it won't always be good news, but you will be able to talk to people again. Ukrainians won't be losing their identity. Their, their home may look very different for a while, but Ukrainians will always be Ukrainians and they're going to come back even stronger than this. And also the, the, the position of where the country is geographically, that, that is very likely to change as well. And again, that's not their fault, but um, yeah, um, the, the map of where Ukraine will be um, 20 years from now, for example, is going to be very, very different. But I don't want people thinking that they've lost and that's it, there's no hope. No, there, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of things going on there, a lot of karmic things that are happening. And again, that's not me to dilute the realities, but there is. I mean, if you look at the, the, the president of Ukraine, for instance, his grandfather was the only sole survivor out of his, all of his brothers during the Holocaust. And there, there's something really poignant in that, that he is now, you know, the, the remaining descendant of that, that last aspect of that bloodline that's now fighting in Ukraine. And, and as we know, historically, that part of the world has had a horrific history when it's come to killing hundreds of thousands of people, including Jews. So yes, it's horrible. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it's really, really violent and dangerous. And we need to all be aware, but there's amazing things coming through. There's people being born that are going to be so important for the future of Ukraine and its history. And believe me, all is not lost. All is not lost. It is always such a pleasure to listen to you. And I feel it right now, your, your grasp of patterns, you know, I mean, you, the way you described that, I asked you for a little new bio and the way you described that you really anchor yourself in patterns. Um, mm. it's, it's so accurate for what is so calming or so reassuring about listening to you is it, it really feels like um, we're not just cherry picking from, you know, this aspect or that, that thing we've seen in the stars or whatever. It feels like you're able to hold a really big grid of knowledge, a really big weaving in a way that feels um, really comforting um, without, without being bullshitty. <laughs> so I, I appreciate you. I did want to offer if you know, if you're comfortable to open it up to the coven, if anybody has questions. Absolutely. I mean, I, I hope I can answer them, but yes, yeah. fire away. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be anything, um, let's say super astrologically advanced. I mean, I think we're, we're all coming in at different levels of learning um, that language and learning how it can cast light on different things. And one thing I really enjoyed from the beginning is, you know, you made, you made it clear it's a language and you also made it clear that you're still surprised by it, that you can look at what is coming in planets. And, you know, you looked at your own Saturn return and thought it was going to mean one thing for you. And it ended up meaning something else. And those, those, those depths of what those influences could be, can still be surprising to all of us. So we're more learning a language in the same way that you're learning French and Spanish to connect to different parts of our ancestry. You know, we're learning a language to connect with different possibilities for ourselves. So. Absolutely. And um, astrology is one of the oldest languages that humans have, you know, humans have been studying the planets for over, over 5,000 years when we could only see five planets in the sky at the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a language that is forever evolving there's always new things to be understood, new texts to be translated. Um, so yeah, absolutely, 100% agree with you. I have a question or a concept that um, 
Hi, Manifa. <laughs> um, I'm really curious about like where you see a difference or find a balance between observing patterns and like participating in them or like finding the empowerment to feel like you are making part of that pattern a thing or influencing the pattern. Like, can you talk about that? Like in terms of like, especially maybe witchcraft and spells, things like that. Absolutely. And it's something that I did discuss in an article um, uh, a while back. And unfortunately I can't remember what I wrote, but essentially, yeah, there are two, there are two differences. So when we're observing patterns, we're creating and perceiving simultaneously. So the way that my mind works is um, I will look for the details that no one notices, you know, if it's numbers, if it's letters, if it's words, if it's time periods, and my brain is continuously creating and perceiving that, creating and perceiving that. But when I actually am aware that I'm in the pattern myself, that's basically me walking, not walking literally, but going in between that creation perception process, but I am now the mediator between that process. Um, if you think of like a Mobius strip, where on one side you have creation, on the other side perception, to be part of the pattern, you're going in the middle of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Oh, I love that concept of the Mobius strip. Anyone else have any questions? Hi. Um, I think this is a little bit uh, jumping off of what Emily just asked, but I have in my needle chart, I have uh, sun conjunct Jupiter in cancer at 20 degrees. So over this last couple of years, we've had all of these, um, and my rising sign is Gemini. So all of these eclipses and cycles that we've had have been hitting my natal chart, like really personally, really hard. And so I'm wondering about how that, how I should read that in light of all of this global stuff that's also happening. Like I feel some sort of cosmic responsibility somehow, or like I'm supposed to get charged up and do things <laughs> but also like uh it's been it's been really hard also like that all the transformation that those planets have been pushing in my personal life have been really challenging so yeah. I don't know that's maybe just a, a bit of a rant but also a question in terms of what in your experience might be helpful for navigating that um yeah I mean shout out to the Gemini ascendants there yeah you, you guys have not been having it easy um the past two years because it's like I want to do all these things but how can I do them all at the same time but I need to do them all at the same time and yeah <laughs> so um I would definitely I'll definitely look to yeah I definitely look to what the north node and south node are doing right now because they currently will be in your 12th and 6th house so um don't feel that everything or don't feel like the new things you're seeking out have to be very visible. They can very much be behind the scenes in that way. And also, um, if you feel that you have commitments or responsibilities that don't fit you anymore, you can let go of them to make space for new ones. While also understanding that what you may perceive as doing doesn't have to necessarily be get up and going. It can be thinking, it can be communicating, it can be directing. So don't feel like if you're not out there protesting in the streets, you're not doing anything. You know, yes, sometimes people are protesting. Sometimes they're coordinating these protests. Sometimes they're navigating these protests. Sometimes, um, oh, you're welcome, Hope. Um, and, you know, so don't feel that, you know, if you want to spend time at home and introspect and be hidden, you're not doing anything. No, you're still doing things. You're still doing work. 
you're just doing it in a different different way and you know if you think historically like scientists and philosophers they didn't all do things in the same way some of them you know didn't reveal their their breakthroughs until it was official some of them are very very public with the process so be gentle with yourself and whatever ideas are coming through allow them to flow because you know the, the society we live in kind of make us feel sometimes that you know every idea we have we must execute it and it's like actually no um sometimes that certain ideas are brainstormed to the other ideas that we actually need to execute so if you feel sometimes overwhelmed with a lot of thoughts that are coming in just remember you don't have to act on all of them they can be leading you to other things that you do want to act on that's a huge relief to hear thank you very much you're welcome <laughs> I felt relieved hearing that. and I'm not in the same situation. I'm Scorpio rising. I was on a a call the other day with a bunch of witches and we were like, wait, is everyone on here Scorpio rising? It was a whole, it was a whole circle. It's so strange. I looked at my daughter's chart um, the other day. She's not Scorpio rising, but she's like, Jupiter is in Scorpio. Venus is in Scorpio. Her moon's in Scorpio. Her her, oh, wow. <laughs> her midhaven's in Scorpio. I was like, oh, I don't know what that means, but I think it means I'm in for it. Yeah, I, and that's interesting because I'm thinking that you know, um, you know, my Pluto in Scorpio. I'm a Cancer rising, so that explains as well why um, our ideas and our train of thoughts have been very synchronous with each other. But now I know that as well. Um, for anyone that is out there also school person then the south node in your first house means that um you may become preoccupied with this idea that you have to have the perfect self-image in order to be seen and recognized by others um but you'll be letting go of that but if you don't let go of that um word of warning that could really um i want to say f you up but it could f you up (laughs) for the south node um if you think about the the mythology behind the north and the south node, the south node is the tail of the dragon, so it doesn't have a head. And when you don't have a head, you just kind of have to allow things to flow and just trust that wherever you land is where you need to land. And in the south node, if we try and you can get really obsessed wherever the south node is of like I must perfect this area because you actually know what to do. But your ego is like, mm, but do you though? And then you get obsessed with being like, okay, I need to perfect this. So yeah, for anyone who's a school pay ascendant, um, try your best to let go of the idea that you have to continuously be perfecting who you are. You already are perfect. And now is really the time to shed any ideas of what it means to be powerful. If you think that, and I've said this to clients actually, if you're sitting there and you're worried that being powerful is going to hurt others, I guarantee you, you're not going to be hurting people because historically, you know, you don't have dictators going, oh, well, hold on a minute, generals, you know, maybe what I'm doing might actually harm these people. They don't do that. They don't do that. So if you find yourself questioning yourself, like, I'm really scared that I might harm people with my power, I guarantee you the fact you're questioning it already means that you have um, safeguards in place. So go do what you're doing. Because, yeah, we need, water energy is needed right now, you know, with the conjunction in Pisces, you know, cancer's always been influenced by the moon and now with the Scorpio energy, the South Node, yeah, water, it's time for the water signs to really step into their gifts because water, no, we water signs, we're the only ones that can navigate what it is to have no boundaries and not be completely lost. We always know how to come back to the shore where other signs may struggle with that, but with water, it's like, no, we, we know the depths are limitless, but we also know that it's okay to reach to the surface as well and go to the shore again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
as a, as a cancer sun Scorpio rising, everything you just said, I was like, let me come with me to the depths. <laughs> come on, everybody. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the funny side of it is as well, is I always say that, um, I mean, don't mess with anyone, but especially if somebody's got a lot of water in their chart, you really don't want to mess with them. I mean, like my mum, she's a cancer rising like me and she's like got a, a Pisces stellium and I always say to people, water signs can be petty as hell. When you think that we won't go like, you know, like Michelle Barnes, like when you go low, go high, I know Michelle Barnes is a water sign because water signs <laughs> don't do that. Water signs are like, okay, you want to go low? Come, we will go all the way down to the core, down to the earth's core. I will take you with me. Come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so much in that. I also love your piece about... Um, you know, if you're afraid you might hurt somebody, then you, you, you have, you have the checks in place. Um, yeah. So go, go big with your love, go, go deep with your love, go deep with your, with your power. And yeah. Cause even when you look at, you no, know, when you look at like really dangerous cult leaders and I want to specify the reason I'm saying dangerous cult leaders is because um, not all cults are, are toxic. I mean, you look at Comic Con, that's a really good example. Comic Con is a really great cult where you turn up and you dress and you do your thing and then you go back home and do what you want. Um, but dangerous cults, they want to tell you that, no, you must live, breathe, eat, think everything they do. And if you don't, you're nothing and you'll be cast out. Even cult leaders, they don't have that introspection. At one point, they would have. But in order to receive the, the kind of capitalist power that they're hungry for, they have to shut that, 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 that switch off inside them where they do question things. Because the question of things means that you're going to stop doing what you're doing in terms of harming others. If you don't want to, if you want to harm others, you're not going to question it. You're just going to be like, well, hey, I want this thing. I'm going to get it. And I don't really care who I hurt. I have a question or maybe a comment. Um, so I noticed you said something at the closer to the beginning about like structures that we have now, 10 years from now, being very different from what we've got. And I thought that, that I thought that was interesting. Um in part because of what we know about like where we will be climate change wise. Um, mm. And they're projecting like 10 years out is basically when our carbon budget runs out. Just, I don't know if you have any additional thoughts on, on that particular topic. I mean, yeah, there's, there's so much to begin with that. I mean, okay, so Taurus is very much connected to um, the earth, the weather and our environment. And we have the North Node there right now at the moment. And whenever the, the nodes are in a certain sign, by the way, for those that aren't aware, it means that the eclipses will be in that sign. So the next eclipse cycle will be in Taurus and Scorpio. So it really comes down to, as, as Risa and I was saying in the beginning, seeking new countries um, for resources and going about it in different ways because the issue isn't that we use things or we consume things the issue is how much we're consuming at such a short period of time right and I think everything that's going on will have to make all of us restructure okay well how can we reduce the consumption of this we still need it but how can we reduce it and it does have an effect on our climate it does have an effect on the environment and do I think the world you know I think it will be a case where it will be devastating to the point where there's no life. No. Does it mean that we have to really rethink how we live? A hundred percent, yes. And this is why there's going to be a real emphasis on community when Pluto goes into Aquarius, because if we don't have that connection of community, 
then we really will be screwed in 10 years time because when certain shifts are going to be happening environmentally and financially it's really going to be the community that saves us it's going to be people going come we have resources here come to us we can help you and we can share this with you or hey do you need this we can give this to you however we also need to be aware that you know some of the, the activism groups they're doing great things but again when you're coming from a place of ego that can be corrupted very very easily so we also need to be mindful that when these activist groups are doing you know their their protests about you know reducing how much oil we're using and things like that that we have to be mindful that it's not going to be corrupted in a way where we actually lose sight of why people were doing that and we're just doing it for the sake of creating chaos and terror in the supposed name of ecology. When I say things will look very different from, from that now, from then, everything, how we consume, how we share, where we live, how we live, what we use, how we spend, what we eat, it, it's, it's all going to change. But the fundamental thing that's going to make all of that work and make sure that we don't become extinct is the need for community. And right now, this current structure, this current empire that is humbling, very much emphasized on screw community only think about yourself self 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 and yes it's important to have a sense of self but as we see in astrology once you get into gemini and cancer it's about going outside of yourself and recognizing others family connection home so for those that want to still focus on the self and 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 hoard things and not really share they're going to see how quickly that's not going to benefit them even if they claim even if they do have you know billions and quadrillions and trillions believe it or not that will actually be worthless if you have no community because it will get to a point where you won't be able to buy people I mean you won't be able to buy community you won't be able to buy them because people realize especially if all this Pisces energy that actually if I don't have my humanity if I lose my soul then having billions means jack shit it doesn't mean anything at all. And we're seeing that shift already where people are like, yeah, you know, get your bags, get your money, enjoy your life, like, be rich. But once you get to a certain level where you're hoarding it, no one wants to be around somebody that wants to hoard resources. Some do now, obviously, but as we go further on, two, three, four, five, ten years, it's going to become really, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like a really ugly taste in the mouth. You're just like, oh, but like, you have all these resources and you want to hoard them and you're not even, oh, no, go away. I know for some people listening, they're going to be like, what do you mean? Like, you know, really? Would it be possible that billionaires and trillionaires will get shunned? Yeah, believe me, it would be very possible for people who, who hoard wealth to literally be shunned and people be like, hey, you know, we managed without you handing out your billions to all of us. I think we can manage now. Thank you very much. And there's an episode of Twilight Zone where this is very poignant, but I can't remember the name of that episode. Sorry. <laughs> So everyone's assignment is to go rewatch all of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Lots of good lessons there. Thanks for the optimism and the realism. Thanks for the sense that time goes on. Thanks for the perspective of deep time. I think that's something that a really um, good astrologer can provide, that we can get so tight in our circles, our media circles, our day-to-day and it's good, you know, we feel personally connected to those babies being born in bomb shelters in Ukraine because we saw them, you know, we feel personally connected in these moments and our attention gets drawn so quickly from news cycle to news cycle that it's helpful to pull out into a broader perspective of this change that is coming, of turning against this hoarding sense, turning against this violent individualism. 
and rerouting in what we know. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and you're very welcome. And, and thank you for, for having me on this platform and just, just creating an amazing space for, you know, new voices and new pioneers and philosophers and, and magicians and writers, you know, new people that that the future is going to need coming through. Thank you so much. And I don't know, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's the dreamy, you know, but I'm always, I'm always optimistic about even in the darkest times when, you know, he, the future of humanity is uncertain. There's always a miracle of sorts where some people will survive and they will push through and, and they will persevere. And I, I <laughs> yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it's over for us just yet. I really don't. That's not to say hard times and tough times aren't ahead, but I always say, you know, we didn't get this far to only get this far. <laughs> oh, I have one more thing to say actually, going back to um the bear and the symbolism of the bear, because um obviously bears are are very you know scary for a lot of people and have that capacity for violence. However, they always say, you know, if you stand up against the bear and you roar as loudly and as tall as the bear, the bear actually retreats and runs away. So I think that's really something for all of us to think about. Oh my gosh, you remind me of a story. My my cousin raised her first baby in the Yukon, and uh, and they were out on a on a hike in the Yukon with her little one year old in her backpack and turned a corner and there was a baby bear and then right behind them was a mama was a mama grizzly which is you know kind of worst case scenario for you know an animal needing to protect their young and my cousin says she froze for a minute and then (laughs) her instinct was she threw her arms up in the air and went I'm a mama I'm a mama I'm a mama (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I love to picture because she's such a funny person but it's also just the greatest answer and the bear and the baby were like yeah okay you know and they turned around and walked away <laughs> <laughs> it was like okay maybe 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 not these guys maybe yeah. someone else <laughs> yeah which like on one level is like maybe recognizing mother to mother you know like okay we'll just give each other space here and on another level, it was just like, oh, you're making some weird noises, lady. <laughs> We're just going to go this way. Oh, oh that's, that's, that's a brilliant story. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> my, my cousin Karen is a member of the coven, so I look forward to her hearing this and responding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please, please let me know what she thinks. <laughs> um. Are you still taking coaching clients? Are you still doing um, astrology consultations with people? Are there ways that people can connect with you directly? Yeah, um, so I, I just have one website that basically amalgamates everything I do, um, moneyforwalker.co.uk. Um, there's there's one, yeah, there's actually a way that is starting to grow for coaching, which I'm really um pleasantly surprised about and scared because that's a lot of responsibility um but I'm still very much open for astrology readings um either over zoom or recorded whatever people's preference or comfort levels are but yes I'm still very much open for all of that and you have a, a patreon these days can you tell us about what what people can find if they become supporters there 
Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, as I said, I've been like, you know, I've been using the social media space differently. So um, when I tend to go into really deep astrological analysis about certain things, I do that on Patreon now because I can just kind of like, you know, write without feeling restricted. Um, I also tend to share more things connected to magic there, um, whether it's rituals or um, certain methods that have worked for me or clients, um, I'll share them with people in there. And also my music as well, um, any exclusives before they get released out into the world, um, I share on my Patreon as well, so patrons can get first access. Delightful. What a wonderful space to be closer with people who are truly excited about and supportive of what you do. I know for us, our Patreon has truly become our home and just an opportunity to be so inspired by the people in our community and uplifted by them. So yeah, go go be a part of that community around Manifa's incredibly insightful work. Ah, take a breath carry a little bit of hope with you and this uh, a little bit of my my drippy family and a little bit of the roaring bear and a little bit of yelling back to the bear I'm a mom I'm a mom I'm a mom because you are whatever your gender identity whatever your place in those relationships of family you are someone who brings new life into the world you're ripe with fertility and change and you are core to communities around you and you are a seed and a wind and a rainstorm and we're glad to know you and glad to be connected to you in this great weaving so have hope and we'll see you soon and bless if i can be you must be a witch the Missing Witches podcast is brought to you by the Missing Witches Coven. Join us right now on patreon.com slash missing witches. Blast of fucking bee.